0: All right, guys, we are back for another episode. This one I'm going to get super indulgent in. You know, I'm such a fan of the beauty industry and a lot of beauty products. I'm somebody who just wanted to go to cosmetology school and never did. So I lived through it in other ways. So today we have the ladies from the Breaking Beauty podcast, Jill and Carleen.
1: Hi. Hello. 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 Thanks okay. For having us.
0: Thank you. This is so cool. So we're actually under the same podcast family at Dear Media. And today we're doing a podcast swap. So you can actually hear me on theirs. We're going to have a conversation on mine. And for both of us, this is like very different boundaries of what we normally talk about. But I love that. I love that you kind of gave me a chance to come and talk on your podcast, which usually is talking to like founders of beauty products and brands. And I'm just like a walking brand of, I don't know, body confidence. I don't know what it is, but it was such a good conversation. So really fun. So you'll have to check that out as well. So the two of you, I don't know who wants to take your turns, mm-hmm. but you both have such cool backgrounds. And then you forged into this amazing podcast, which I think was almost something I, I haven't really seen before and kind of gave a lot of like background stories to the beauty industry. It makes you know and understand so much more of the stories behind products, which mm-hmm. has been really cool. But I want you to kind of share the origin stories of like how you both kind of came into the beauty industry. And then we'll talk about the podcast as a whole.
1: Okay, mm. so I'm Jill Dunn, and we usually well since there's two of us, Carlene, you can speak. So I'm Carleen.
0: I'm down here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I usually speak high and fast. I love it. You're I like I'm slow low and low. Voice, I'm yes. a low voice <laughs> exactly. So something to know about Carlene and myself is that we are actually beauty journalists first mm-hmm. and foremost. So. We are not makeup artists. Mm -hmm. We are not hairstylists. We're not skin experts, but we can get you the answers to all of those questions. Because you've been
0: digging for those answers for a long time. So we
1: both have backgrounds in magazines. We worked um, for many years. I worked at Glow Magazine, um, which is like Canada's allure. And Carlene worked across the hall from me at Flair Magazine for, what was it like?
2: 13 years. 13 years. As, oh. So as a Canadian, you probably grew up with flair. Oh, so yes. So did I.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Yeah. It still exists
1: online though, right? Online, yeah. 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 So um, for many years, we were writing about beauty, reporting on trends, reporting on backstage, doing photo shoots, all of that kind of stuff. And as print slowly started to sort of go away, we were really wanting to still report on this industry, but in a new way. And yeah. so we had the idea for the podcast. And at first, um, we really were all about Um, unraveling the stories behind beauty's best-selling products. So, we knew that we wanted to speak to founders of those products mm-hmm. to get those juicy stories, and kind of Car- merging yes. yeah, entrepreneurship, yeah, entrepreneurship. Can
2: take it from here. <laughs> well, sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, Jill, yeah. um, but kind of merging entrepreneurship with beauty because we spoke to so many founders mm-hmm. in our jobs as beauty yeah. journalists, and we felt like the focus was always just on the latest, the newest products, but we weren't able to delve deeper into mm-hmm. like their backstory and what gave them the courage to start their own business and be in entrepreneurship and take risks and how they rose to success. And then I think another one of our goals was really to cut through the clutter of all of these products that are flying at everybody all the time. Yeah, Because we knew as beauty editors, what was just really good. We knew what the beauty editors were talking about behind the scenes and saying, oh my God, did you try this product? Or this is the product I, I can't live without. And we knew kind of the consensus on just What was really good Mm -hmm. and what was mediocre or what was just complete crap? Mm -hmm. And so we really wanted to share that with our audience Mm -hmm. and help them to shop. So it's like you're not buying crap. And therefore we've kind of evolved the show. So now we do beauty reviews as well because our listeners just really wanted to know what was on our top shelf too.
0: I mean, and that's the thing when we talk about a top shelf, we all have it. Yeah. And then we have that other shelf. That's like a cupboard with like the 50 gajillion (laughs) things that we tried and we didn't like after like two hours. And it's so sad that those don't go anywhere. I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to figure out if there's a place that we can like donate those things, but it is so true. It's always ever changing and everyone has a new test testimonial of a new thing. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's such a, it's such an expensive industry in the terms of like how much it's cost us over time. Mm -hmm. But then there's some things that like, if you know your staples, you can stick with them forever and you're Mm -hmm. not spending that money over and over. So I love that you guys are bringing that to the table. And I also love, and I have to say like nowadays there seems to be so many more beauty brands and very like specialized ones we're watching the rise of like a summer fridays who came out with like a single mask that like took the internet by storm and and it's so interesting that when we when i grew up and we we knew these like five brands like it mm-hmm. really felt like it was such a small little list and with the with the growth of social media Now it's like the entrepreneurship has really risen in the beauty industry as well. Mm -hmm. And it's been really neat to see. So I think it's really cool that you guys do that.
2: Yeah. The niche indie brands have completely taken over. And that's why we've seen these heritage parent companies that are just acquiring them and buying them all up because they know that everybody's Ah. obsessed with these indie brands, Mm -hmm.
1: right? A most popular episode ever is when we interviewed Emily Weiss and she's the founder of Glossier. Oh, I love Glossier. Which of course is now valued at about a billion dollars. And it's only been in existence for five years. It normally, it took Tom Ford 10 years to reach a billion dollars value. So it's just, they're catching on quickly. Mm -hmm. They're dismantling these old world kind of ideas of, you know, having to have these really extravagant marketing campaigns they're yeah. sort of stripping it down and talking to female consumers in a lot of cases um directly through social media and just completely changing the game turning it on its head and so that's been really exciting to see and i think that has given rise to a lot of these brands and one in particular that we like to shout out is Cheekbone Beauty, which is founded by Jen Harper. She's an yes. Indigenous woman. Yes, I spoke with her at Atelier
0: last year, and yeah. she's
1: incredible. What and a I cool just woman. think when we interviewed her, I believe it was in 2018, the community of women that she's been able to bring together mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. is super inspiring. And you would not have been able to probably see that 10 years ago or 15 years ago when we started our career. So it's been a really positive change. And yes. I think you're going to see more and more of it, more voices being represented.
0: I think so too. And we we saw that with Fenty, with Rihanna, mm-hmm. how much people went wild for how many color shades they were. And here I am like a white woman who's always been able to have like five different mm-hmm. shades of white to mm-hmm. like choose for my skin tone and watching how important that was to so many communities and, and hearing about how their skin has been misrepresented and shown as too ashy or too this or too that. Like they've literally been left out of so much and it took Mm -hmm. like one brand to come out with like 120 different shades and it went like wildfire, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I have to say in terms of like one like Glossier, I think that why I like immediately showed it, like I love them. I have like one or two products that I absolutely love of them, but it's not that that I love. It's the full process from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. It's the cool social media experience. Mm -hmm. It was the affordability factor And then when it came in the mail, it was like with stickers and this reusable bag. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was that full circle experience Mm -hmm. as a customer. And then to go into their store, it feels like an experience in itself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I went to the one in Melrose Place when I was in LA. And I mean, like it was, I just wanted to take pictures of it. I was mm-hmm. like, it's so beautiful and so simplistic. And it's like Glossier is your friend. That's does what she's It I feel done. like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really neat what's happened and, and how that's kind of come about. So, in terms of how you guys do your jobs, I'm really curious about this because I'm a stickler for when I know something and I know it works, I stick with it. Mm-hmm. How does it work being someone who works in the editorial side and now podcasting side of reporting on beauty things without constantly having to change your skincare routines and like those products all the time. I think it's different with makeup. You can try on a lipstick and you'll know within a day if you love it. But skincare is like a really tricky one and seems to be the one that most people are willing to focus on and spend money on. Mm-hmm. How has that been navigating the constant change in what we're told is the latest and greatest? Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's a great question because that is the trickiest um, category out of Mm -hmm. all of them to kind of truly test drive is Mm -hmm. skincare because you need, I mean, truly you should be giving any skincare regimen three months to see fully how it's going to work for your skin. Right, right, right. I do think that, you know, it makes me dubious even when I read on blogs Mm -hmm. and stuff when editors are constantly like, I love this skincare. I love that skincare. And it's like, how long, how many do you try in a year? And the amount that gets sent to you, Mm -hmm. it's impossible to try it all. Um, I try to try my skincare products for at least a month before I will weigh in on them as much as possible, at least three weeks. There are some things like a mask that if you use right away, that is like... Like I love it. I just have an instant glow and I feel more hydrated, that kind of thing. But if you're talking about like a full system, then it does take a while. So we both have our favorites that we've used on and off over the years that I can say, like, I truly love because I have used them for a long period of time. Right. But other than that, again, and I think this is another reason why we try to be really selective about how many products we do recommend Mm -hmm. and how often, because it's just We would basically be lying if every single week we were reviewing products and giving you a new skincare recommendation every week. Mm -hmm. It's impossible.
0: It's impossible. I'm like such a brat with my own skin. I've like, every skincare opportunity that comes about unless it's a mask. I'm just like, yeah. no, Like, yeah. I know what I like and I don't, I don't want to risk my face to it. I know that sounds bad, but I have, I like to have integrity about things. Like you said, yeah, like you want same. to be able to try it and have time with it. Yeah. So I'm like, I would have to give a good, like I usually say six weeks. I'd have to give a good six week with something before I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And I don't really want to change my skin. Like what if it goes wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just exactly. so scared about it. Skin and that, is like so tricky. And
2: honestly, that's the biggest difference that we've noticed mm-hmm. between being, a magazine editor and being a Podcaster in this world, because in the magazine world, you would write something in the magazine and it would you'd never hear back from a reader being like, Well, I tried that. And you know, here we'll talk about it. And within 24 hours of the episode going out, we'll get a DM that's like, Oh, thank you so much. I'm gonna try that product, or they'll be in our Facebook chat room. I tried that product, I Mm -hmm. love it so much. So Mm -hmm. I feel such a heightened responsibility that if these people are gonna go out and spend money based on the fact that I
0: said that I love this product. Yep. I have to love that product. Well, and I think that's the thing. And I think that's why integrity is so important. So, yeah. for instance, so we were talking about it on your on the episode I was on with you, but like Ficlo, I partnered with them a couple years ago to talk about their lip serums. And they're not cheap. They're like $40 for these lip serums. And I loved them. Like literally, I went from having like peeling gross lips in the winter to having like ones that were actually moisturized. So I was like, I'm okay to talk about this because I actually think it's worth its value. Mm -hmm. But I was a little like terrified. Like what if people spend the money and then it doesn't feel the same for them and it doesn't work that same way. And when they came back, like in droves being like, oh my gosh, I was like, okay, phew, like can we all, because then it kind of feels like girlfriends, like right, I told you, like that's what it is. I feel the same way about those leggings that I bought at Aerie. Like (laughs) I like to have like, yes, we know it. This is a comfort, like this is an experience that we now share together. But I mean, it's kind of hard when like if somebody came back and they're like, I spent the money and it doesn't work and Mm -hmm. I I hate that you told me. Right. It it would suck. It changes changes your whole day when you feel mm-hmm. like you recommended something and it and it didn't work for somebody else while still honoring that like how can we expect that everything's going to work the same on anybody because we are also different. Yeah. Everyone's
2: got different skin types Mm -hmm. and lash lengths or eye shapes, whatever. For sure.
0: And we
1: are journalists first and foremost. So when we don't know the answer, like I said, we will get it. And for instance, in a couple or a couple of weeks ago, we had Renee Rouleau on and she, we talked with her all about how to build your perfect skincare routine. And we went deep on that topic and she's an actual celebrity esthetician. So she's working with people like Demi Lovato yeah. and Lily Reinhardt, and so people who
0: their business is their face
1: exactly mm-hmm. and so we take those questions to those people and that's another benefit that we have as being editors is we've had relationships with these experts for many years as sources Yeah, so Makeup by Mario has been on our show and Chris Appleton for hair and, and Dr. Pimple Popper <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Pimple Popper I haven't so, listened to that one yet but so how was that it was amazing. amazing if we oh. don't so yeah if we don't know the answer we will tap our sources yeah and get. find out get those answers. But yeah, Dr. Pimple Popper was... She's all business, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love watching her show.
0: But I find like people are very divided on Dr. Pimple Popper. Like Mm -hmm. I... I actually, this is so gross, but like when I can't sleep at night, that's what I watch. Really? And it calms me down. It's like therapy. Yeah. Apparently because I've heard there's like a psychology behind it, but because there is a release to it, it feels like there's something satisfying happening. Like it's, it's a release and it's like ended, but it's, it's so... And then there gets to a point where I get a little gaggy, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm sleepy (laughs) enough now. But I love that you had her on because I think that that was such a weird. Everyone was like so drawn into it, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, like that's actually it's a real practice. Like it's a real thing that's going on. People have stuff that they've existed like with like cysts that have lived in their skin Mm -hmm. for so so long. Yeah, there's a new TLC show that's all about foot doctors. Oh no, I'm not ready for that. No, see that.
1: How many idea. ingrown toes can we oh,
0: have? I don't think
1: I can watch no, it. No, that's not for me. But smart wow, though. It's, it's incredible that they yeah. can make a whole show about that.
0: Yeah, that's smart. And I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> so what this is maybe, I don't even know if you can answer this question, but what's a common thing that you've seen with talking to so many founders of different brands? Because mm. I know there's a lot of people out there. I think almost every product that's out there comes from a frustration of a lack of a product mm-hmm. out there. That seems to be a common thread. But I mean, there's a lot of people who maybe have these great ideas or they want to start that as well. What is the one thing that you found has been very common amongst founders of brands that has been like just just throughout all this podcasting, something that you've really found that everybody kind of has similar to each other that kind of mirrors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, well, I think you touched on
2: something with, you know, necessity being the mother of invention. Like, if mm-hmm. you think about the beauty blender and how that came to be, it was oh my really. Gosh. Yeah, I remember life before that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I used it dry for like a year before someone said, so like, you know, You're supposed to dampen so it. So was did like, I what? What? <laughs>
2: and I was also swiping instead of dabbing. <laughs> Wet, squeeze anyway. bounced, yeah. Wet
0: squeeze bounce, you guys. <laughs> Wet squeeze bounce. Wet squeeze bounce. So many people right now are like, What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been using it dry. <laughs> exactly. So there's, you know, there
2: are. People who have created great skincare lines, and there's something to be said for that. But I think when you stumble upon those kind of iconic inventions that mm-hmm. were first to market, that really never existed before, those are the stories that I'm like, I like love those stories to mm-hmm. find out how they came to be. So that was really a, you know, a professional makeup artist who was just trying different things and yeah. ended up coming up with that. So because I think it was
1: HD television.
2: And she yeah, too. exactly. Because you were
1: seeing the triangle. Shapes from the sponge on people's faces on camera.
2: Exactly, so but was, so many people have tried yeah. to duplicate it, and they're never really the same. Yeah, um, but there's other little things that I think just along the way lend themselves to to lasting success. Like a lot of them tend to be early risers, the mm. five a.m. club is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um Ugh,
0: I don't want to be in that, but I want the success. But yeah, but that's a
2: common one. Um meditating cuz we often mm, ask people about really? their self-care. Yeah. We're like what do you do? And feel like Emily Weiss. <laughs> Emily Weiss meditates. Really? Yeah. Every mm-hmm. day. And I can't remember who else now. I think Love Glasman did as well.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot what, of them. What else? Um a lot of them cook especially yeah. skincare what? people. Um, there It's, I guess, it's the same thing of like to putting together like um, a recipe, putting together like okay. Anastasia Beverly Hills has been on our show. She was... Get out. Yeah, she was... Her lip gloss is amazing. And her brows, everything about her Ugh. brand is amazing. Yeah. She loves to cook. Lev Glasman loves to cook. I think Tata Harper did as well. Yeah, I
2: um, think a, I think a lot of them because they talk about putting together a skincare and they're like, I don't know that much about cooking, but they're like, you know, you need a fat and you needed this to create an emulsion and a. Essentially, it's the same with skincare, I guess. So they kind of think of it that way. And it's
1: like a harmony of ingredients, too, I think mm-hmm. that how things all go together. And there's a bit of a science and an art to it. Mm-hmm. So it's um that really makes sense. And um a lot of them just have a singular vision for what they want to achieve, and they just stick to that and mm-hmm. that's like the people who really rise to the top i i think that that's it can there's so much noise there's so much competition in the beauty industry yes. the people who really believe in what they're doing i think are the ones that have the most success for sure.
0: I think it's funny when we talk about competing in the beauty industry Mm -hmm. because it's like, if you look at my entire makeup bag, no two brands happen the same time. Like Mm -hmm. I have a different foundation to a different lipstick, to Mm -hmm. a different brow, to a different, like I'm very it's all like one item from each cherry thing. Picking. So it's, we cherry picking. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a big cherry picker. I believe in I cherry picking. I would never picking. like go to like, an. I would never go and be like, ooh, I love this brand. Therefore, I'm doing everything of this mm-hmm. brand. I think that sometimes they have one really good product and Agreed. I'm like a lifer on that. Like Tarte, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Shape Tape. I've I yeah. have never, like that concealer is mm-hmm. life-changing. Yeah. And- You know that's the only that's the only thing of that line that I love.
2: That's exactly why when we do our founder episodes, we Mm -hmm. always zero in on the best selling product because ultimately what we want to do is create almost like a library where it's like for each of these brands, this is the one product to try. Again, helping people to edit down their makeup bag so they understand, and it's not like they have to buy the whole kit and caboodle. Right. You know. Mm -hmm.
0: So speaking of those hero products, you know, I was going to ask this. I want to know what each of you have top two skincare products and top two makeup products that you found that you're like you just can't stop. You always come back to it. It's your mm-hmm. homegirl. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh my Go goodness. ahead. Your squad. Oh, okay. you okay. You can do more than um, two. The two for you. That's yeah. Well, I talk. It. I talk about clay
2: depot all the time, but I, I've never I'm even just heard those words in my life.
1: Honest. Um, <laughs> it's a Japanese brand. Yeah.
2: It's a Japanese skincare brand. Shiseido is the parent company. Okay. So clay If you think about Shiseido, clay Poe is like their even more luxurious line. Oh. So it's higher priced and more premium. It's kind of like the La Mer. In the Sicily, like that kind of family. Okay,
1: but um, it literally means the key to great skin. It's a French name, but it's a Japanese yeah, brand.
2: Yeah, and I just I absolutely love their textures. I'm a big fan of essences and skincare mm-hmm. waters. Mm-hmm. It has almost like a softening effect on skin, so it's giving you a lot of hydration. Like in oh, I love that Japanese skincare. It's all about hydration, so that's an essential step. And then I. Really always stand by daily moisturizer with SPF. Mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm, number one mm-hmm. thing that's going to help you not age prematurely.
0: Ugh, we need to talk um, about sun stuff more because it's, yeah, like, it's so
2: true. It's all about that. Even so, in the winter. Definitely. Exactly. But I mean, I don't expect for people to use sunscreen on their face every day. So you really want a moisturizer yeah. with SPF yes. that feels exactly like a regular daily moisturizer. True, true, true. That's not going to interfere with your makeup and how it goes on. And so the texture for the Clay Depot Daily Moisturizer with SPF, I think it's called an emulsion. So it's like a little bit milkier and it doesn't feel too heavy. I just, it's so good. But I do think that. For a slightly lower price point, Shiseido's Daily Moisturizer with SPF is really good. The Benefiance, um, I use that one as well. And uh, and where do I you even it. get
0: them? Like, I've never even heard of that brand um, before. Yeah, Claire Clé- de Peau. Claire de Peau.
2: In Canada, I believe you can get it at Holt Renfrew. Okay. Um, in the U.S., I think it might be Nordstrom. Um, possibly sacks, like any of those types of department oh, store. Yeah. freaking out <laughs> of the shoppers drug you, <laughs> you can get it at, like the Bay, I'm quite yes, sure. And yes. prob- probably okay. shoppers as well. Interesting. That's, that's
0: my favorite. Those your faves. Do you have any makeup ones? For
2: makeup, what do I love? I mean, I really like Charlotte Tilbury. Yes. I know a lot yes. of people do, but I'm just the like- The Hollywood
0: face filter? Holy crap. Yeah,
2: it's so good. So good. And I just think it's really, what I like about Charlotte and I've, I produced a shoot with Charlotte before and she had just had like a baby. And so we were talking about about that. And I think what I really like about her approach is just how she's tried to make this idea of modern glamour more accessible to women who are on on the go. Mm -hmm. She also, I love that she doesn't always focus on like super, super young. Everybody's obsessed with this youth culture. You know, I'm I'm over 40. So I like how she's kind of, She tries to make it easier. So it's like the five-minute face, like the Mm -hmm. palette. It's Mm -hmm. got everything in it. It's got the blush that is just like luminous and gorgeous and the bronzer and all the eyeshadows to go with it. And like, I love her blush that has the highlighter blended in. Yeah. You know, most like average women, they don't know how to use a highlighter. So if you can just put that all in one and the foundation, I've been using the flawless finish foundation. Um, lately I'm wearing it today and like, it's, it's great. It's so
0: nice. I haven't tried that one yet, but I did have their Hollywood face filter. I can spot it on someone's face usually yeah. from like down the street yeah. it has like that glow to it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, her eyeshadows. They yeah. stay mm-hmm. in place like yeah. all day long. They sent me a PR pack and I got like an eyeshadow and a lipstick and I think I dropped like $100 by the end of the day just ordering more because I loved it so much. And and I think that's always important when you're like when you put your money where your mouth is, right? We yeah. kind of work in the industry where you get so much for free, but what are you actually willing to spend mm-hmm. your own hard-earned mm-hmm. money on? And then you know it's like the good Exactly. Stuff. So true. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. Jill, give it okay. to us. Your top oh my shelf. Gosh.
1: Well, you and I were talking before and when you You were on our show Mm -hmm. about vitamin C serums, and I always recommend one to invest in, and that's the Skinceuticals CE Ferulic, Ferulic rather serum. And it's in an apothecary style dark glass bottle, dark brown glass bottle, and just a few drops of that every single morning. It will change your skin. It actually will. Yeah. Works on every skin type. Yeah, and it will. It's that antioxidant protection that every single person needs, male, female. It doesn't matter your age in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. It will make a difference in your skin.
0: Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. On like, I use Vivier, but it's the same. Like, it's the one thing that I, I couldn't even almost explain how it changed my skin, but mm-hmm. it, it just that serum is mm-hmm. such a game changer. And mm-hmm. and it's nice to be able to give it down to like one product. Like, if you're going to choose one thing, this mm-hmm. is a really great thing to go for. Yeah. So. The so this one's I love ex- that. This one's expensive. Okay, it's like one
1: hundred and eighty dollars, guys. But it lasts for it'll last you six months. Okay, and if you use that in just like a drugstore SPF, mm-hmm. you will see changes in your skin. And I buy that. I yeah. do buy that. Yeah. And another product that I love and I buy all the time, and it's only five dollars and ninety cents. <gasps> it's from it. the ordinary, and it's the niacinamide ten percent plus zinc one percent. And what this does is, that do? Is, so basically, niacinamide is a really incredible ingredient for barrier protection on your skin. Okay. Helping your skin act at its optimal barrier function. Yes. And it's also really good for blemish prone skin, which I am. Yeah. So, um, and you can read the reviews. Like I'm on Sephora right now. There's like 1,000 reviews of it. Shoot. Like no way. Like <gasps> um, It's really one of the best products from the ordinary. A lot of people are curious about that brand. Also Canadian. We have an interview with the founder um, who sadly passed away, but um, it's truly a, another game-changing brand.
0: And what's your makeup one?
1: Um, Oh my gosh, this is really hard because I'm a cherry picker with makeup.
0: (laughs) Um, You
1: don't have to choose one brand. Maybe um, even choose a product. Every single day. Right now I'm obsessed with the... okay, I'm going to go to a classic and that's the It Cosmetics CC Cream. Oh, hands down. <laughs> this is really hard. This I is bounce is between like, two, but that's one of mine. Uh, yeah. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the matte one in the summer. In mm-hmm. the winter, I will wear the the one that's more illuminating, mm-hmm. but I have all three. I have the matte one. I have the illuminating one. I have the original one. They're all SPF 50. So it's that protection that you're getting Yeah, added protection. But yeah. last
2: summer we discovered a dupe that's cheaper. <gasps> if, you're, if any of your listeners are into budget friendly, you can try the Maybelline Urban Dream Cover. Mm -hmm. And it's the same like SPF 50. It's got all the antioxidants. Really similar finish. I stand by it.
1: Yeah, It's it's, really good. It's a good one. And then I never leave the house without mascara. So uh, my favorite ever is still Dior Show. It's worth the money. It really it's Dior? is. Dior, oh. Dior. It's called Dior Show. It's like the black is wow. really big, fat wand. Yeah, <laughs> and then a good drugstore dupe for that is the L'Oreal um, Lash Paradise. I love that one too. So this there's is, so many good ones. There I, we are, could give you high
0: and low for everything. We could be here all day. I mean, and that's okay. <laughs> I think that this is where I'm really interested because I'm someone who was such a drugstore junkie. Like I only could afford the drugstore mm-hmm. realistically, but like we talked about in skincare, I would going through it so fast it was not like lipsticks but like the foundations a lot of the makeup like it's just there wasn't a lot there and then when I went into finally indulging into some like higher end things I was noticing that I was spending less money Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it was lasting longer because I was using less product Mm -hmm. but there's still like this this like I don't know it's like this weird this weird thing where I'm always like is it why are things so cheap and able to work? And then why are things so expensive? Is it branding? Mm -hmm. Is it product? And then we come and this one freaking product like The Ordinary comes up, and it's all so freaking cheap. And it's making you wonder why everything else is so expensive. Do Mm -hmm. you guys, what Mm -hmm. have you discovered in the world of drugstore versus the Sephora's? And like kind of, is it, can we still cherry pick both? Should we be, or is it just worth it that we start investing in our skin in a different way and start going for the products that we know have better ingredients. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, it's a tough question.
0: I mean, again, though, I think going back
2: to like, if you think about the founders who created these brands, Mm -hmm. usually it was one hero product that put them on the map. So, That's why we really try and highlight that one thing yes. because that that's what made them rise to fame. And a lot of those products still stand the test of time with yeah, how it's true. good they are. It's true. So I think if you're going to cherry pick, that's a really good way mm-hmm. to do it. In terms of the difference in pricing, a lot of it for sure is the packaging, is the marketing. That's what you're paying for. That's what Brandon Truax always stood for when he talked about The Ordinary. They, they had no ads, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk about this all the the time. I'm sure L'Oreal probably doesn't like it. But if you look at a big kind of conglomerate like that, they acquire all of these smaller indie brands and then they take and share the technology. And so you'll see this, you know, you'll see it. In the higher price lines, and you'll see it in the lower price lines, like you'll L'Oreal Paris versus ah. Lancome, for example. Gosh, and yeah. there's so many products that you're looking at, whether it's an eye makeup remover or like a lip gloss or whatever it is, and like the ingredients are almost the same. We can basically spot when they've taken that one higher priced item and then yep. and then trickled it
0: down. Interesting. So, so, sometimes the drugstore ones are pretty mm-hmm. equivalent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they're being made in the exact same down to like the name place. and and kind of. And I think with Indian sure. with entrepreneurial brands, we always have to understand that they are going to be more expensive because they don't have the access to all. Like a, a yeah. lot of it is ground floor, just more work, a lot more manpower, and like literally people waiting for their paychecks as opposed to like these bigger corporations who have outsourced to a lot of cheaper yeah. mm-hmm. places, it's just right? More more expensive. And I would I would say the other thing about drugstore skincare. If you
1: take an Olay for example, mm-hmm. I recommend Olay Regenerist all the time. It's mm-hmm. incredible technology. It really works. Um, and if you don't have a lot of money, you will see results for yep. that for anti-aging. Neutrogena has a ton of really powerful anti-aging ingredients in their products. And they are, they've invested their research into their ingredients and their claims and yes. they have the money to then test their claims. Whereas like a lot of the indie brands, they don't. Mm-hmm. So you're taking their word at face value. But a lot of the drugstore brands actually have to prove to an extent, what's on their label, so that's sure. interesting too, and it's just like economies of scale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like rebel. somebody like
2: Olay. I mean, they're they have so much money being part of P&G. They yeah. spend so much money on R and D. It's It's absolutely crazy. Mm
0: -hmm. Now I have to ask this and it's a bit more controversial, but I think Mm -hmm. it's one thing that people keep bringing up and that comes into like the cruelty-free aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And a lot of these brands that we've kind of like come to trust as being cruelty-free, being bought out by ones that are not. What are we seeing happening right now? Because I know there's a lot of confusion about what is actually going on when it comes to cruelty-free because a lot of brands have like gotten themselves now that label and that sticker that they're Mm -hmm. cruelty-free. Where does it, like what's happening with it? Because it feels crazy that we're in 2020 and there's Mm -hmm. still animal testing. Mm -hmm. What do we see happening? What is it looking like in the world? And is it something that we still need to be really cognizant of? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the mood just in
1: general, the mood and the movement is Mm -hmm. toward transparency. And so you can't be a brand that I just feel like in this day and age, no one is lying about it, but can I say for a hundred percent certain that there's maybe, like, I think there is some stuff still going on where people maybe aren't actively testing on animals right now, Yeah. but that particular ingredient, maybe it was tested on animals for its effectiveness in cosmetics Mm, at one time. At one time. So And that then there's, there's the, the are, whole international there, thing too. Yeah, there is a bit of a gray area. I am not an expert on this yeah. topic by all means, but I do think people are being called out left, right, and center, especially yeah. on social media. Like, yes. what is this ingredient? Where is it sourced from? And I think you're going to see companies moving a lot more in that direction where they'll put all their ingredients on their website, where they're sourced from, where they've been tested, if they're completely cruelty-free. I believe Leaping Bunny is the most stringent.
2: Yeah, and I think that where some confusion lies is that so china a yeah, lot of is, a lot of brands will launch in china because it's a huge population and there's yes. a huge it's a huge market for beauty um so you'll see north american brands that go and expand into asia and so with china when beauty products are being imported they demand that the products have been tested, I guess on animals to mm-hmm. make sure before you can sell your mascara or whatever it has to pass these certain tests. but there's a bit of a workaround that's happened with some brands. so what they do is they'll do their manufacturing within China. If you do the manufacturing within China, oh. then it's kind of like a workaround and they don't they can maintain their cruelty free status and not do those tests but when products, cross the border and they're manufactured elsewhere and they have to be produced or sorry, and they're being imported into China, that's when they have to pass those tests. So
0: just because a makeup brand is
2: being sold in China all of a sudden and it has always stood for cruelty-free doesn't necessarily mean that they've sold out. Mm right
0: okay mm-hmm. oh that's that actually makes so much more sense because it's mm-hmm. really confusing sometimes i've had products that i genuinely love and there's there's ones that i've lived in my makeup bag for a long time and i know that somewhere in the line there is it's it's owned by something and i'll never talk about it online cuz i'm like i don't want to promote mm-hmm. something that i know is going to Potentially, be, but it's hard because you're like accessibility to a different product or a comparable Mm -hmm. one has been really tricky too. Thankfully, over time and through discovery, it gets a little bit better and easier. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not it's not the it's not the easiest all the time to understand what it is that's going on. And even you see
1: brands like Bite Beauty, which is homegrown here in Canada, they just switched all their formulations, including their best selling products, to be vegan. So yes, I do think brands are stepping up and taking more risks. So hopefully that.
0: And can you explain that's actually so this is Mm -hmm. a kind. kind of a fun part. I actually Mm -hmm. asked my audience what kind of questions they wanted to ask you guys or Mm, wanted me to ask you. And one of them was, what's the difference between cruelty-free and vegan? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Well, I, I'm not an expert on this, but from what I understand, um, there are cruelty free ways of, for instance, getting beeswax for like Burt's Bees lip balms, but Burt's Bees lip balms are not vegan right?
2: Right. Because they have, well, if they have (laughs) bee products in them, then they're not vegan. Yeah. So the question is how the um, substance is obtained. And Mm -hmm. so the same thing goes for lanolin. So lanolin is a substance that comes from the coats of sheep and it's kind of like a waxy substance. And it's been used for actually like hundreds of years to moisturize and women have actually put it on like their nipples when they're breastfeeding so that for when you get really, really cracked nipples, because it's safe for the baby to attach and ingest it. But lanolin had become kind of demonized because, well, for a couple of reasons, but if it's not produced in the right way, it can get collect bacteria and that could be bad. But if it's sterilized properly, then it's fine. But some people might say, well, that's not vegan. But if
0: it's produced in the right way, it is cruelty-free, even though it's not vegan. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. And I think that that's, uh, yeah, that's really cool to understand. I think for a lot of people, there's just, it's just confusing. It's just yeah. really confusing. And, it, and it's important to kind of have the conversations that kind of break it down. I think you yeah. did that really well.
2: Oh, thank you. Okay. But they, they can be interchangeable. I remember on one uh, press right. release, it said that something was vegan. And right there, it said it had beeswax in it. And people were like, what? Yeah,
1: that was actually the Glossier um, Lash Lick Mascara. Oh, right. Right. They, that was they it. they said it was vegan and it wasn't. It was yeah. cruelty free. So then they had to issue uh, a refunds. Statement. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They issued refunds to everybody who bought it on the first or second day because they realized oh. their mistake. Well, yeah. you
0: know what? That's good. That's yeah. good. And that's where I love like the ability to be wrong. We live in such mm-hmm. a call out culture mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and cancel culture. And it doesn't really give a lot of room for brands and for people to kind yeah. of get those things wrong. I've, I've seen it a couple times now and, and I love when brands are willing to approach it and mm-hmm to say like, it, eh, we got this little wrong and here's what we're going to do to correct it and change and and be better for everyone. Right. So and I think true. it does come down to, there is a lot more transparency in, in, especially now that we have social media and we have this like instant response thing going on. Mm-hmm. We're able to literally, before we could read a magazine, you could try a product, but we had nowhere to actually go and leave a review. Yeah. Now brands have like actually- the- editor. Right. Remember those? Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, but do you like now it's so wild. Like I don't even buy a product anymore online unless I've read the reviews and I go and watch like a YouTube video to mm. watch somebody with my skin tone use it. Right. And I mean, these are like our new norms of shopping yeah, instead of absolutely. just like blanket statements of like, we saw it in a commercial and then right. we bought it finding out later that they were airbrush models and all of mm-hmm. this stuff. It's been so cool to have this canvas of media change and, and seeing how it's evolved. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions that we got. All I right. got a lot of them. So I'm going to only, we've kind of already gone through over a few of them. So mm-hmm. we're just going to tap on a couple. All right. Skincare fridge. Love oh, it or leave it. Okay. I actually want this question answered because my husband argues that it's a pointless thing that's going to be on our <laughs> counter. And I really thought that I wanted one because Skinny Confidential has one. Yep. But <laughs> I would like to know if it's a love it or leave it from oh, you. I would,
1: I would say it's a want, not a need.
0: It's a want, not a need. Can you explain why we would do a fridge? Okay. So basically
1: these mini fridges, I have one. It does take up a lot of counter space. So that's a huge con, but essentially you can put your face masks in there, eye gels, eye creams, everything, and it will keep them at a cool temperature. So it feels nicer when you put put them on. Is it a need? No, but it does feel nice to have like cooling eye patches or when you can put your eye cream on and it's cool. Um, Well, it can sort of quell
2: inflammation as well. Like if you have under eye bags or that kind of thing to get that nice cooling sensation, it's going to give you at least a temporary and like coolness also helps like with circulation, Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And also if you're really into clean beauty, and I guess this can be on two sides of the coin, but if you don't have a lot of preservatives, then potentially it could keep your products lasting a little bit longer because you Mm. put it in the fridge just like you would with food. Hear that, Shane?
0: I want the fridge. (laughs) I saw it at Winners and it was $40 and I did not get it for my birthday. I am salty.
2: (laughs) Having said that, it does waste more electricity. So if you are about zero
1: waste (laughs) beauty. Does Shane know that you can put beers in it and take it on a road trip? (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs)
0: I probably won't, though. I want the little pink one. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. And I don't even know if you can actually answer this, but inside out thinking best supplements for skincare. I actually mm-hmm. take one myself. So I'd love to hear what you guys have found. If you have tried any.
1: Okay. I have tried it's right over there. I'm looking at it. Neo cell. It's a collagen supplement yep. inside and out, but I don't really do the powders. They have these chews Ooh. that are good and easy for like when you're kind of lazy about it or you forget to take them. Yeah. So sometimes I just like drink my coffee back in the morning, but um, these are good. You can just kind of keep them in your purse and do like two, three a day. And I Amazing. do find it helps for like nail strength. I can't comment on my hair necessarily. Okay. Um, my hair is pretty healthy. Um, but I've tried that and I've tried genuine health mm-hmm. and, um, that's more of the powder, but yeah, that's, that's a fully, I can't remember if it's vegan or no. Well, yeah. I mean, it
2: depends on what it's for, but for collagen, which is obviously great for skin and nails and hair and all Mm -hmm. that. I like the powders because you can just add them into like add them with water and get kind of a green juice going. Or you can, if you get the flavorless ones, you can add it into tea. Like ancient nutrition has one. Mm -hmm. So you can just add it to tea or coffee Mm -hmm. and then it tastes like nothing. So you don't like I'm lazy slash busy. So I like it to be just like really seamless. Mm-hmm. The key is using it every day so yeah. that, you know, you got to stay on that regime to see a difference or it's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. That's like me
0: with every vitamin ever. Like I have to stay on it. I use Aura Inner Beauty. They're actually a Toronto founded uh, powder mm-hmm. and it's called like a beauty powder, but basically it's a prebiotic, probiotic, just going for the sense of like, if your gut is like the vehicle between like the detoxifier to your skin. And we see it all the time, like how your skin can actually change by like what you're eating. And it actually is like a prebiotic probiotic. And I didn't know if I was like one of those things where I'm like, I'll try this for a while and like see. And like all of a sudden I started using it last spring. And with, within about three weeks, somebody actually was like, what are you doing? Cause you're glowing. Like you have like a glow to you. And I was like, <gasps> it's like everyone else is reviewing it for me. And I couldn't almost like explain it, but it Mm -hmm. was happening. So that gut to skin thing is like truly something. So it it is something that we can actually do.
1: Yeah. I think they, they're not going to do any harm. That's for sure. Whether or not, you know, can you directly say that the collagen that you're drinking is then breaking down and going exactly to your skin cells? No, there's no science there, but I do think that I've personally seen, um, improvements in like my nail health for sure.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Jill, this one might be more targeted towards okay. you. You just said you struggled with sensitive skin and mm-hmm. acne. What have you found has been the best one? Because literally half of these questions are about adult acne. Right.
1: I think the main thing and the temptation when you do have acne skin is just like being too... your kind of aggressive and you're kind of mean to your skin, you know, that whole like thing we were talking about on our show about hating yourself. Like, I think there's a lot of that goes into people hating their skin and they treat it badly. For For sure. So, um, something that I recommend is like a daily gentle exfoliation, um, with something like Dermalogica Microfoliant. It's a really, it's a really fine powder and you can just create a paste in your hand and it's a really nice, um, thorough exfoliation, but it's not going to scrub your skin. If anyone out there is listening and you have
0: apricot scrub anywhere in your house, get rid of it. Do oh not yeah. Use it on My your husband face. bought it the other day and I was like, what the hell are you doing? And I immediately put Frank body in his hands, but yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and yeah, people are using that on their face. So I just think like a really gentle exfoliation and a very thorough cleanse. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of moisturizers, like something really light texture, like like a gel, okay. gel moisturizer, and something that often has like hyaluronic acid. Is a good thing because okay. that will hydrate your skin without being too heavy. That's what okay. I look for. We really like oh, the
2: the Neutrogena. They have
1: the Hydro Boost. The
2: Hydro Boost mm-hmm. Neutrogena oh, Hydro I've Boost. It. So it's like a gel cream. Like gel creams are definitely going to be better if you have acneic skin. Oh, okay. And then the other thing that I think is great that is around now that I wish we had when I was a teenager because I'd get a lot of whiteheads mm-hmm. on my chin are those hydrocolloidal patches? Oh, I
0: just started them. But I have cystic. Like I get hormonal cystic acne and okay. I swear like it'll surface treat, but that baby is like deep and angry until I pop her out. Like I swear. Yeah. I don't know how, like everyone's like, leave the, pim- the pimples alone, but like the cystic ones, like, I don't know. They never heal unless I pop them.
2: Yeah. Well, the whiteheads too, I would find they were just recurring. They so just recurring, these patches yeah. like dry them out. Yes. Well, they don't technically dry them out. I always forget how to they just- They
1: draw out the fluid. Okay. They oh. draw out the
2: fluid. <laughs> and so you can wear them like overnight while you're sleeping or that yeah. of course yeah. they have like just stars and them. things now that if you're like a super kid cute. at school, you can wear them there's to a, school. There's a
1: few brands. There's Squish Beauty. There's There's Zit Sticker. There's Mighty Patch. the one I have is Dime. But yeah, there's mm. like all different. Other, yeah. It's a really big trend right now. And the great part about that is like you'll put it on and then you're not going to be tempted to pick. That's to what I found.
0: It. At first mm. I was like, I don't know if this is working, but I did find I wasn't picking. So yes. therefore it was giving it that healing aspect yeah. of it. Right. And, totally. and it. It almost felt similar to like those band-aids that you have now that you just mm-hmm. put them on and you leave it yeah. and then when you take the band-aid off you're like healed underneath like as a mom like I mm-hmm. I'm always like why are we not using this on every part of our like I was just put that as a face mask like can I just bandage my face and wake up perfect yeah but it is yeah it works like it's actually treating it as opposed to just like yeah not necessarily drying it out but it keeps yeah. you from
1: picking yeah mm-hmm. and an iconic product that's really worth the spend is pixie glow tonic it is a glycolic acid toner and you can oh, use that okay. at night okay um it'll help to keep your skin clear and it's good for adult acne as well. As it's not just for younger skin because we're all still breaking okay. out.
0: Well, and this is this is my next question. And I know we're coming down to the end here, but I mean, I work a lot of like the body confidence space and stuff, but I'm also a middle-aged woman now. I mean, I'm mid thirties. I feel like I'm 25. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, there is Carleen, you touched on it. There's an obsession with youth and mm-hmm. there is an obsession with just like looking youthful. And it makes us really confused when we want to age gracefully, but also combat advanced aging. And when we mm-hmm. talk about a lot of the wording around, you know, beauty products, they're always anti-aging mm-hmm. and anti this, mm-hmm. and, and it can feel really confusing. And for me, it's always like, I want to feel best, like my best sex. my best represented self. And and I don't, I I love smile lines and I love like Mm -hmm. those things. And I love that part of aging. I just don't want to advance it either, especially with things like the sun. Like we know that's literally aging your skin faster than anything else. It is kind of feeling like it's a preserving thing, but there's an obsession around youth. And what are we seeing now changing and how can we kind of be more like skin and face positive while also indulging in kind of Mm -hmm. like this beauty industry that is sometimes kind. Kind of toxic in their language. Mm-hmm.
2: We talk about this all the time about this kind of internal struggle that yeah. we have where we talk about acne positivity and yes. body positivity and age positivity, but at the same time, we're we have talked about we go and get Botox yeah you know that that sort of dichotomy is just real though and I'd rather be upfront about that mm-hmm. than try to hide that. yeah and I think that's just we are in a transitional stage right now you know when we started out in the beauty industry, it was all about there was one specific ideal and everybody strove to look like that yes and that has completely been broken down in the last decade particularly in the last five years, things have changed so much with the rise of social media. Mm -hmm. And there's basically a democratization of beauty that's happening where we're seeing a lot more voices contributing, a lot more body types and images that, frankly, we just didn't see before. Yeah. And that's changing our mindset, but it will take time. Yes. So as much as I'm pro body positivity, I can still be trying to shed a few pounds of course. myself. Yeah. And my hope is that the more that these images and these messages become normalized, that my daughter will understand beauty in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that idea of fake it till you make it yeah. with confidence that, you know, you would always hear that growing up. It's like, well, I don't feel confident. We'll just pretend that you are. And Honestly, then it comes. Yeah, and I it, feel like it that's it where time. we're at with this, where it's like, if we just keep saying that we are positive about these things, I think over time, and again, with, these influxes of images with different skin tones yes. and freckles and, and gap teeth and textures and everything. Yes that over time that really will be internalized and we won't be faking it anymore. Right. And that's my hope for like my daughter. And I think that will happen for sure. But we're, this is really new. It is
0: really new. And I think that because we didn't see so much of it, there was a long time ago, I I had um, Samantha Ravendahl from like the beauty blogger and vlogger. She's incredible. But she talked about how she would go, to bed at night with a guy and have a full face on or she would go to the beach with a full face on didn't really know how to detach self from that and then you look at her now and she can go so bare mm-hmm. and then she can apply it on and it's so nice to see that she can now exist in both mm-hmm. and i think that that's so important and i think there's a lot of conversations around a lot of these choices that we make that we're still having and we're, we're mm-hmm. still we're still unlearning a lot of things and we're still learning like there's a lot of things like we we constantly are obsessed so obsessed with like like, I remember being a teenager and just like staring and not understanding why I had pores because I couldn't see pores on the women in TV and movies. Like I couldn't understand it. And now we have this like high definition television and I see Jennifer Aniston has pores and I'm like, okay, like mm. fair. Like it's yeah. really cool to see, right? So... I think it's been such an interesting journey and you're right. Like we can't just like force it and we mm-hmm. also are kind of faking it till we make it a little bit. We're all kind of learning together and we can't just expect everyone to walk out barefaced and feel good about themselves every day. And if mm-hmm. it takes a process in order to get there, I was like somebody who could like never leave the house without a certain amount of things on. And now I'm like, I know that my worth is like not in that, but I still like to choose it. Like I still like to choose it sometimes. And that's cool too. I just, Mm -hmm. it's like that representation that like we can be both and exist in both. And that, I mean, I had one person in, in terms of like the Botox conversation, because I think this is like, A big one. It's a big Mm -hmm. one right now. And and it can be really confusing for a lot of people. I do believe in authority over our own choices. And I do think that like influences really, we have to be careful with it because when we talk about it online, people might adopt it immediately without actually observing their own mental health around it or why they're making those types of decisions. But I had one friend who said a simple statement to me where she talked about her childhood trauma and the fact that she found so much in her childhood and going into her youth years that as an adult, she found that she had a frown on her face that she couldn't, there was no cream that was ever going to get rid of that. And she was Mm -hmm. like, through my healing, it was really difficult to every day, look in the mirror and see this frown that I had gotten from trauma. And she's like, through Botox, even if she did it privately, she was never public about it, but she was sharing with me, she was like, with Botox, peace came to my face that I felt inside. And I felt like I was finally represented in who I was. And I was like, I've never heard of it put in that context before. I've never heard of it put in a way where it actually was part of somebody's healing. And I think that that it really woke me up to like, this is why it's so important that we allow people those choices mm-hmm. and that we we don't judge and we allow people to change their minds and do those a million times over because you're right. We're, we're living in a new society now with new media and new exposure to new images and new narratives and it's going to take some time. But like Mm -hmm. through that, we also still have the right to make the choices that are right for us in the moment that they're right for us right now. Absolutely. And we actually interviewed the founder of
1: Botox, the Mm, pioneer, Dr. Jean Carruthers. She's a woman from Vancouver. I had a different perspective on Botox after I interviewed her. Interesting. episode 25. Okay. That'll be great. She's actually an ophthalmologist and why she invented it or how mm-hmm. she stumbled upon the discovery. You guys can go back and listen, but it was to help somebody who had like a life altering disease, essentially, affliction. Wow. And she was able to turn his life around with Botox. So it's pretty fascinating. And I think um one thing I wanted to add to what you said and what yeah. Caroline said is just about Botox. We get a lot of questions about preventative Botox mm-hmm. and what Dr. Jean Carruthers told me, and what I will pass on is that preventative Botox is not really a thing. She said, when you see the line at rest, that's when you can treat it. Where I get a little bit wary of Botox is when I see really young girls getting it 18, 20, 25 Mm I don't think that they mm. need to be any. They're botox. making themselves
2: look older to yeah. me.
1: Yeah, you're you're getting that sort of frozen face. Yeah, and just, exactly. it's just not meant for that. It's meant to relax a line that's already there. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and and I've always heard the best injectable is the least detectable. It's it's about totally. having a natural face and existing totally. with that. And I think that that's that's pretty mm-hmm. key too, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that was a really cool perspective. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so excited to listen to that episode now because it's it's an ongoing topic because mm-hmm. I have had it done in the past that it was like. Like this ongoing thing, and I was like, I don't know. It's like one of those things that I I chose, and then I was allowed to change my mind. I didn't do it for a long time, and like it's just it's such an interesting topic that keeps coming up, especially with the rise of body positivity. But I think when we all have a little bit more grace for everyone's own choices, it becomes mm-hmm. a lot easier to kind of allow everybody mm-hmm. to make whatever works for them best, even totally. if it's not what works for us. Yeah. So,
2: and I think it comes down to balance a little bit too, because yeah. when you think about it when people don't take care of themselves at all when it comes to grooming, that Mm -hmm. can be a sign of depression Mm -hmm. as well. So Mm -hmm. I think to your point, just checking in with your own mental health and like, why am I doing this? Yes. You know, Is this, it's sort of like, I don't know. I I feel like if you're, if you stop washing your face all the time, like I know people in my life who have just stopped doing any of that kind of stuff. And it's like, you kind of need to check in with those people and be like, are you okay? So
0: it's like, you can swing to different sides of the pendulum. But, yeah. you know. There's always extreme forms of everything, exactly. right? And and I think that to take the extremes and apply them to the norms would be so unfair. So mm-hmm. I think that's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Ladies, it has been so educational and fun. <laughs> this is like where I get to be such a beauty junkie and answer some of those questions that aren't normal for my channel. So thank you so much for everything you're doing. Guys, go check them out. We're going to add some of their favorite products that they talked about in the show notes, and you can check them out at Breaking Beauty Podcast as well. So many episodes, they have been doing this for a couple of years. So there is a lot to dive into. And a lot of like the interviews you guys have gotten have been absolutely unreal. So really cool conversations and topics that you're not going to see anywhere else. So tune in next week when we come back with whatever's going on then. And until then, have a great one.